What a moment. What a moment for Taylor Davis. First major league home run. Chris Dominguez is in his first year as the head coach of the Bellarmine Knights. Uh, Chris, first question, did you know how to pronounce Bellarmine when you first got there as an assistant coach? <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's right next to the University of Louisville, so we, we did have an idea. We did have an idea. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that far, but uh, but definitely definitely different. You know, when you're when you're coaching there, obviously working there, you know, you you, you kind of it's different. It's different than being on the outside, obviously. So, 100. He, here's the full intro now. Chris Dominguez, first year as the head coach at Bellarmine, was previously an assistant at Bellarmine in 2022 and 2020. 2021, you spent a year as an assistant at Miami. You've seen some great guys come through bats and arms. Of course, I have a Brandon Fott question in there for you. You saw him in 2020, but uh, you've got ample playing experience in the minor leagues. You played at Louisville. Taylor, where did you cross paths with with Chris initially? Uh, initially, uh, Moorhead State at Louisville. Nice. Uh, 2010. Was it? Tw- I think it was 2010. Oh, well, my last year was 29, so I have to be nine. I have to be nine. I have to be nine. Yeah. We were uh, we were a battling third baseman. Uh, I mm. played third that game, mm-hmm. and I, let's just say I was playing at the foul pole when Chris. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but so that was our first interaction, and then we played together in 2017. Um, you know, and we'll get to this, but Chris will always hold a special place in my my heart. He was with me when I found out I was yeah. going to the big leagues. Yeah, awesome. Oh, man awesome yeah so really really cool but uh no we 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 connected then and, and we've just kind of stayed in touch ever since then that is awesome so chris what made you want to get into coaching i guess like first and foremost yep. right because you talk with so many players and i know taylor uh you know has expressed interest to me at least when he's done playing you know the idea of getting into coaching is enticing to him because he's almost turned into that like on-field mentor of sorts and he loves that job uh within the job did that like was that the thing that clicked for you or was it something else 100 you know i i you know my dad was my coach and i've had great coaches uh throughout my life obviously at the university of, of louisville with coach mack he, he's great and he's a great mentor and um and so when i got into pro ball you know i also had i, I had great coaches i really did i didn't have one you know any of these coaches they're like man i just can't, can't wait to leave there you know can't wait to leave that place so i just enjoyed it i enjoyed what it did to the player when you do have a good coach and someone who you can uh talk to and trust and learn from and uh you know, as I started getting into pro ball, I also started noticing, you know, like there was a lot of things I learned in professional baseball that, you know, and I went to a great program, don't get me wrong, in college. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I was learning that I, I wasn't learning in college, you know. And um, I, I said, you know, when I when I hopefully someday, you know, I, don't, I, I didn't even know if I wanted to be a head coach. I, honestly, I, I just wanted to go and help out players when I was done playing, you know, whatever capacity that was going to be. And so, uh, so, yeah, I. You know, my main goal was just, you know, I just want to teach players things that, you know, maybe I learned later later on in my career towards the end or wherever that can help them out now in college, you know, so they learn these things now in college um, and, and they can they can advance a little quicker, you know, than the most than most players. So that's that, that was my reason for coaching. Um, Obviously, like you said, I, I love the 
and, and like T, you know, like T said, you know, I love the mentorship side of it. It's the best. It's the best part of what we do. Obviously, the development and the mentorship is the best part of what we do. I no, know. I mean, I think I think everybody that has ever been around Chris knew that when when uh, he was done playing, that it was going to be a coaching thing. Like he's such a good people person, and you know, I think it was just a matter of, of when and where. I think the bigger, I mean, I have this question. I think the bigger question for me for Chris would be, why college, not pro ball? Yeah. 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 And, and I love to, you know, you know, I love professional baseball. I just love everything about it. But you know, the, the main thing was, you know, I didn't want to be, I'm a homebody too. And I didn't want to be away from home and, and just, you know, in professional baseball, you're just, you're away from home. So, so long, so much, you know, you're always, you're always gone. And so I wanted to make sure that I was home enough and, you know, I, I got married, you know, obviously have kids now. Um, and so I just want to make sure I was home. And so I could do that with college baseball, but at the same time, College baseball, man, you're 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 teaching, you know, sometimes 17, but you you know, normally 18 to 22. And that range, you can learn a lot, you know. Not that you yeah. don't have that range in, in professional baseball, but in college, I feel like I feel like it's just a little different. You're a little different. You you, you get a kid as a freshman, and by the time he's a senior, he's completely different. And so I, I think I could I could also put in my own style, right? In college baseball, yeah. where professional baseball, sometimes you're at the mercy of, of up top, you know, you're trying to, uh, you know, they're going to tell you who to play. They're going to tell you this is how we run it and things like that. And, and so I wanted to put my own spin on, on college baseball, how it was run. And I wanted to have um, not necessarily full control because it sounds a little, but I wanted to have control of what we're doing. So um, that's why I one level too the first big voice that a lot of these guys heard a, a big school but like in pro ball like you said you've, you've already gone through typically some sort of a, a, a you know yeah. a coach that you really trust or you really look I think a lot of us like our high school coaches I like my high school coach he was great right. right but like you don't feel like they give you everything and then Correct. you get to college and you find that coach hopefully uh that that really is that first guy that you can link on to that hey like this guy's been there done that let me follow him. And you definitely have more of a say in, in the way that the guy goes about his business. I feel yep. like, like if, yep. any, if nothing else, right. Like I can Correct. teach this guy how he's supposed to do it. I can, I can lead the horse to water, whether he wants to drink or not. So be it. But like, yep. I have that ability rather than you get a guy in pro ball. A lot of times those guys get set in their ways and there's nothing wrong with that, but like they've been around their coaches that they trust. They're reaching out to their coaches that they trust or they're finding that first year head coach in, in rookie ball that they really link on to, whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm I'm curious like if you knew what you were getting into in terms of the other stuff outside of baseball in college. <laughs> and I like I that's something that I've talked to several college coaches about, right? It's hey, we gotta make sure they're going to class. We gotta make sure they're they're getting B's, B pluses. Were were you totally aware of that getting into college, or was that no. something that kind of hit you? You know, obviously, obviously, you know, we were division two when I got in. So it, it was a little, I don't want to say easier, maybe because I don't want to say that, but it was definitely, I was able to learn a little slower than probably most, you know, obviously. So, so, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things that I didn't know, right? Like our head coach who was here, you know, previous Larry Owens was great. I love him to death. You know, he was, he was, he mows the field. He, he lines it, he, he edges it, you know, he fixes everything. I mean, you're literally a ground school keeper and a head baseball coach and obviously doing the administrative stuff, which again, that's the other part of it is where, 
you know, you're, you're doing a lot of paperwork and there's a lot of, you know, red tape sort of say where, you know, you, you got to check everything that you do, you know, you got to write down or, or, or uh, submit everything that you do. So for sure, that part of it is, is, and I'm still learning, I'm still learning, to be honest with you, I'm still learning a lot because I forget, but um, I, yes, it, it is that part, you know, the good thing is, you know, the, the, the main thing is, is just trying to, uh, trying to not mess it up, you know, trying to not mess it up a little bit, but for sure, for sure, there is, there was a, that little part of, of, of the learning curve, um, in, in, like you said, the administrative stuff, but also, you know, especially in our field, since it's a natural playing service, I, I do a lot of the, the grounds crew part of it too. So. No way you were expecting to do that. I, if you had to place a percentage on like the amount of time you actually spend coaching guys in practice, what percent of your time is actually spent? That's coaching? low. It, it really is low. It really is low. And, um, you know, like I did, I, I knew a lot of guys in, in college baseball already. So I, I kind of knew what I was expecting, but you know, it's like something, you know, it's like your parents tell you something and then until it happens, you don't really believe it, you know? So it's kind of the same thing, but for sure, you know, I don't know, maybe, 25% maybe, you know, I don't know. It could be a little bit more, a little bit less. I don't know. But, you know, that's why that's why it's so incredibly important to surround you, surround yourself with people you trust. You know, like I think one thing, you know, and we can we can take this into a pro ball conversation. But like I, I remember talking to some people about uh, Kim Ng taking the job in, in Miami. And I asked some people like, hey, you know, because don't get me wrong. Like if you took away if, if you didn't know she was a woman and you just looked at her resume, it's right. as good as anybody's resume in, in baseball. Correct. Right. Correct. And, and so there's really no question there. And so I asked people like, Hey, is she going to be okay? And that was kind of their answer was like, she's as smart and as good as anybody else. As long as she surrounds herself with the right people, she's going to be good. And obviously she's doing good stuff, but it's even more important um, in college baseball. And I mean, I always thought I wanted to coach college baseball really until recently. And I start, so Jack, my college head coach's son is playing for Chris right now. And so but uh, so my I was talking to him and I said, you know, because he knew that I wanted to do that and I wanted to coach in college. And so when I was talking to him about it, he was like, man, let me the only thing I'll tell you is that it is less baseball than you think mm-hmm. that baseball is the least. You know, you hear all the time in these commercials and everything that they're student athletes, they're student athletes or student athletes and they're students first. But the reality is that's not necessarily the case in the minds of the player it is the case in the mind of the coach Correct. that because, because it has to be yeah. because like you said, the NCAA has so many restrictions and like a lot of people don't even know it's not just grades. It's, uh-huh. it's making sure that you're taking the right classes yeah. to keep you in line that your guy, you're getting to transfer in from junior college that yeah. if he doesn't have the right classes, he's got to take a class yeah. in the summer or he's not going to be eligible. Correct. There's, you know, there's so much. And I just remember him saying, that's he was like that's the only thing i'll warn you is it's less baseball than you would think correct he's you're absolutely right t absolutely right and and uh it is man it's just it, it is he said it great it's it's less baseball than than what you're uh than what you're using professional baseball you got time man. you can do it whenever you want i mean there's no whenever you want you want to practice you want to bring someone in you want to keep someone late you do it you, you can't do that can't do that and you know our school is you know, a little different than most were, were very high academic. So like, even then, like, and I'll tell you this, and, and I mean, you might ask this question later. We don't, we don't practice. We did not, we don't have a time to practice as a full team 
this spring. We did not, we did not have a time to practice. We, we don't like, I, I can't get everybody at one time to go practice. So it's literally, I run it kind of like minor league baseball. It's all in the, it's all individual based, all of it, you know? So, which I, I, I like a little bit, right? I like, yeah. like kind of that style. You know. Exactly. It's something I know. Exactly. But you know, the, the it, and, and you just, the only thing that you run into there and, you know, me and Chris have been around, you know, Chris was in some organizations that won for a you know a long time. He was in he was in San Francisco yeah, when they Francisco. when they were winning. He was in Chicago yeah. when we were winning. Yep. Boston, um, yep. and, and the U. So like one thing that Chris has seen is that like you know look baseball is absolutely an individual game played as a team, no question asked. But there has to be that culture, and it's yep. really hard to create that culture without having that team aspect, right? Like we can get all nine guys as good as we can possibly get them but you still got to want to win. Like you yep. still have to, and like, don't get me wrong. People like when I say stuff like that, people are always like, what do you mean? Like everybody, when they walk out on the field, wants to do as good as they possibly can to help the team win. No doubt. But there's always that unwritten, like the teams that yeah. want to win do. I, I believe that man. Like, yeah. you know, and, and like Chris said, he's in a tough spot because not only are they a uh, high academic, but they're private, they're expensive. They're competing with the University of Louisville, the University of Kentucky. They're competing with multiple Division One schools in the area. And for him to do that, you know, typically when you're doing that, so like I went to Moorhead State. At Moorhead State, the way for them to do that would be, hey, like we're going to be cheaper. Uh, yeah. The classes might not be as difficult as at Bellarmine. You can't do that at Bellarmine. You're, right. you're, you know, you're trying to pry guys away in state or, you know, from an hour, hour and a half away uh, that – could go to higher learning institutions that have good educations that aren't as expensive. Um, now, luckily for Chris, like the campus is gorgeous and yeah. you know, a lot of the stuff there is really nice and the, the yeah. school is run really well. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that was an eye opener for him. It was like, man, like you go out recruit and you don't even think about the fact, you know, in pro ball, we didn't think like the reds aren't recruiting against the diamondbacks. No, you know, so, no, correct. Man, so this is certainly like a layered question that we can spend a little bit of time on because recruiting has, I think, a different definition of guys that you recruit, right? There, There's almost like three levels of recruiting where you're recruiting at the same level, you're recruiting at the junior college level, and then you're recruiting at the high school level. But I'm curious, just as an umbrella, the overall character that you're looking for, because obviously you guys aren't getting together as an entire team in the spring you probably need guys that are individual work-based, right? They they are independent workers. They're independent learners. They can get better on their own. Are there certain like character traits that you look for in a guy that you want to bring into the program? 100%, 100%. And, and I tell this to the recruits all the time, like, <clears throat> you know, we're not in a situation where we're going to have, we're probably not going to be the most talented team when we walk on the field, but you can't mix that with being a bad teammate, you know, in professional baseball, if you're a bad teammate, they, they, they don't obviously run you out of the locker room. And it's a little different now to you, obviously than it was when we first started. But, you know, when I first started, you, you, if you were a bad teammate in the locker room, they kick you out of the locker room. Like you can't, you know, you, you just weren't welcome. You didn't feel welcome. So it, it affected your play. Like, so I try to, I try to kind of tell these guys that, you know, that those kinds of stories and those kind of scenarios where, you, you got to have a good locker room guy first, right? So it helps, right? When you have a good character kid, you ask him to do something, he does it, right? So I think absolutely, I'm looking for the best teammate. And only nine guys play, man. Like, you know, like not everybody's going to play. Like, and I try to, so I try to communicate as best I can 
like they do in professional baseball, you know, more teams than not, try to just communicate as best I can and just try to make them understand that, you know, look, this is the type of kid that we want. You know, we want you to be a good person, a good player, obviously a good player, but a good teammate, you know, so you can understand coaching and you can um, help, help us set the culture, you know. You know, there, there's a little bit there, too, that's like, you know, you're going to get more opportunities if you're a good dude. And especially at the college level, because, you know, one thing that I've talked about on this podcast previously is like when I stopped being an everyday player, uh, I had to figure out how to create value when I wasn't playing. You got to do that in college. Like you said, you're going to carry 26, 28, however many like we got to figure out a way to create value when you're not playing, because one, that's how you get the coach's eye. Right. Like that's if nothing else, Chris has to find those guys that he trusts. So even if I'm not playing well, I got to figure out a way to stay on that team Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, that's part of it. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, the other side of that would be, I, I do think that just being an overall good dude is, is is tough for him too, because like you're looking at this in five minute spurts, you're getting 30 minutes yeah. of this kid before they determine, hey, am I going to be on this team or not? Exactly. I don't know what I'm going to say now. One thing that I felt like when I was at Moorhead, I, I think, you know, obviously I think Jay, Jay Sorg was a head coach. I think he's as good of a head coach as, as I've had. And I, I think he was really talented, a really good baseball guy. So I was there in 2008. He ran this program like a we were we ran it similar to a pro ball program in yeah. a sense of I, at that time, a lot of coaches were micromanaging. Yeah. When you showed up, you were getting a text or an email every single day. Here's what your day looked like, yada, yada, yada. His style of coaching and planning was more, I'm going to post on the week. I'm going to post on the board the week schedule, right? Show up, be there. Don't like if you're not there, we're going to we're going to deal with it. And I think the issue that that we ran into was there weren't enough guys that really wanted to go to the next level. There were there were a bunch of guys that were content being college baseball players. And that's it. Mm, yeah. yep. And that's where you get that's where the fear is for Chris is like, because oh. when you get those guys, they're going to show up but they're, they're going to half-ass it. They're not going to do everything as good as they can, and they're not going to help their teammates because they don't really care. They don't really care if they're – this is it for them. They're happy being here. They're content being here, right? And, like, I think that's the fear is, like, we got to find a group of dudes that even if they're not going to get there, want to make a push to get there. Yep, yep, yep. And, and that's – you know, in our recruiting thing, even though we don't, you know, our turnover isn't like other schools, man. We we can't, you know, we don't let guys go and bring in five more than that. We don't do any of that. So when we have a kid, it's for four years um, normally. And so to your exact, that's exactly right. We what we tell them is, look, not only do I want you, you're going to get your degree and you're going to get it here and it's great and they're going to push you and everything. And yes, I don't even talk about winning because that's, you, you go to, you play sports to win. So it's really, I get it. But I also want you to aspire to play professional baseball. So if you don't aspire to play for professional baseball, it's okay. It's not that you necessarily don't have to, but it's a, it's different, right? When you do, you're going to work a little hard, like you said, T. You know, you're going to come in as a freshman already ready to go because, you know, you got three or four, you got three years, hopefully, and then you're trying to get drafted. So 100%, man, we try to, we try to get guys who at least aspire to play professional baseball, you know? And then, and then if not, you know, you got – Hey, do you want to be an All-American? This is what you got to do, right? Yeah, that's more, that's, that's, that's that's more attainable, right? Correct. Yeah, so and that's a little more attainable. Exactly. So we try to give them, you know, I try to tell them, but 
exactly like like Jay does. I, I try to run a little bit more like professional baseball where, you know, they got a little bit more freedom. I'm not micromanaging everything. When I tell you to throw, I don't have to put cones out there to tell you how far to throw. Throw, like go throw. And if and if it doesn't look like you can throw, then I can't play you. I, I, I'm very like, like it's, black, it's pretty black and white. I, I, if you can't throw or you can't do what I ask you to do, you're not going to play. I'll put someone else. I don't, you know, so they get You're it. at the division one it. level. Like you're, you're at that point, yeah, like, like you're a good enough athlete. You should know. And you know what? If you need that assistance, if you need, I'm here for that. So like before exactly. you go out there and do it, you come to me. I yep. did that. I played there. Right. And like, Chris is a guy where, you know, Chris was, Chris was a talented arm in high school too. So like, he knows what he was doing. He yep. was a talented arm in college. So like, yeah both sides of the ball were safe but like he's also surrounded himself with coaches that he's comfortable that if a guy yep. has a question you do it before yeah. you hold yourself accountable you don't give a half-ass effort come back in and be like oh i didn't know that i was supposed to do this no yeah, right right i i'm curious how does a guy like that that has those legitimate aspirations of getting their impact the team as like its entire thing so when you were at miami obviously 95% of that locker room wants to go play professional yeah. baseball and 50% probably will at some level. Yeah. But previously at Bellarmine in 2020, you had one guy that is now a consensus top 100 prospect in Brandon mm -hmm. Fott. Mm -hmm. How does a guy like Fott with those goals, with that talent, elevate an entire college baseball team? 100% right uh, right off the bat of my head, you're going to have more scouts at the game, right? So, like, maybe, you you know, we probably never had any scouts at the game, and all of a sudden you got every 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 MLB team has someone there during, during a fall game that we've never had in Division Two, Never had that. So, you know, it's going to elevate. And then, obviously, my background helps because when I do tell them, like, look, when you have someone that's good on your team, you're going to get more scouts to, to come here. They're going to go watch other guys. When you go watch a game, you yeah, you watch that person, but guys stick out. Guys stick out like, damn, I didn't know this guy did that. Or, man, that's a good swing from this guy. So guys stick out like we did. That year we had two other guys end up playing professional baseball. So, like, it happens. And that's what I try to tell them. Obviously, winning helps too, right? The more you win, the more work gets out, and then you can have more scouts at the game. So, I try to tell these guys it's not so it's not so like that where where yeah I wasn't a high school draftee or fall or whatever and now now no one's gonna see me like no man and we play in a good enough conference where you're gonna have scouts almost at every game especially when we start league play so um, yeah it's just trying to trying to get them to understand that you're not as far as you think you are a lot of you know a lot of times in profession you think you're so far away from it and especially in the levels that we were at and now. That I think they, they're like, man, I don't know how to get. Yeah, but now you got Brandon Fah, who was Division II player, and he's going to play in the big leagues this year. He's doing unbelievable. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. There's been players. See, we play with players that they come from no-name schools that are freaking unbelievable. They're unbelievable. So, yeah, it's absolutely. Possible. I do Real think quick, also, Taylor. like, Real oh, quick, ahead. Taylor, my, my favorite example of that is Blinn Junior College when Cam Newton right. was there after right. Florida. So he's, yep. he's sitting there in, in no man's land. Auburn went to go take a look at, I, I want to say a defensive back or maybe one of his wide receivers. And they were like, oh, damn, this quarterback's actually really good. Too. And, and all of a sudden, Cam Newton is a Heisman Trophy winner. So, yep. Taylor, that was Absolutely. just my real quick aside there. Absolutely. No, I mean, honestly, I'm a I'm a testament to that in high school. I had exactly. more I, I, I had more. Uh, I talked to more professional scouts than I did college recruiters in high school. Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. because and it was because I had. Uh, three ex-major league sons, like three sons of ex-major leaguers on my high school team that they came right. to see. 
guys that were going to Vanderbilt, guys that were going to Florida. I just happened to be playing really well. No. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about too, like going back to the character that he has to look mm -hmm. for is like, don't get me wrong. Not every guy that is talented like Brandon fought is, is a hard worker. And, right. and, and that's a, that's an important thing to note because when guy, when the best player on your team is the focus, right? Everybody knows that everybody knew he was the top guy. So everybody's watching him, seeing what he does. But the interesting part, and like, if you're a guy that wants to go to the next level, if you're if he's a hard worker, you follow that guy and you go, look, yeah. this is what I want to do. But if he's not a hard worker and you're not as talented as him, you look at that and you go, I'm going to outwork him. I can outwork him yeah. today and yeah. I can catch him. But yeah. that's where it comes back to, like, you got to have the right people in there because some people will look at that and go, oh, he doesn't do anything. I don't need to. Correct. And Correct. That's not the guy you need, right? You need the exactly. guy that's going to go, man, I'm going to outwork him today. Even if he's going to throw harder than me, it doesn't matter. I did more than matter. he did. Yep. 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 So, Chris, you're um, your college coach, Dan McDonald. I've had one interaction with him when I was out on the Cape, and it was right before Reed Detmer started a game. And this was after Reed's freshman year going into his sophomore year. Sophomore year, he was he was absolutely awesome. I think he was among like the national leaders in strikeouts. But, you know, I I'm curious how quickly you make a decision on a guy, because I asked Dan McDonald, I, I said, coach, like, obviously, he's so talented he was in middle of nowhere, Illinois. Like he is, no. you know, half an hour out of Springfield, Illinois. What made you want to go see this kid throw? And I was expecting, you know, some sort of frilly answer like, oh, he just seemed like a competitor. Or we saw mm -hmm. him in the showcase and all that. And he just smiled and said, curveball, man. That curveball is no. great. No. How quickly do you make a decision on a guy? It's it's different for us, obviously, you know, and you guys know, you know, he, he's in a different program now, you know, of where he's recruiting and who he's recruiting. So the way I recruit guys is I, I go by development and how they're going to be like, that's, that's, that's what I, not only that's, that's how I do it. That's what I love. I love developing guys. That's, I just, I just like doing that. <laughs> so, so I'm more, I, I see things that I like in a swing or, you know, obviously our pitching guy and a pitching guy, I look at him too, or in the, in, the, in a defender. I'm like, yeah, I can work with that. You know, I, I can, I know I can make that kid better because of what he does mechanically or whatever. Not everybody does that, you know, and obviously in his situation, he's going to look at, you know, who, who can help him right now, you know, where, we got a little bit more time. Like I said, our turnover isn't as, as, as much, but um, I just look for different things. I don't know. That's, that's kind of a hard question. You know, I, I look for different things. Um, I like, the, you know, as a pitcher, I like the way the arm works. I like him working downhill. You know, I like him not heel striding. I like him not moving, jerking their head when they throw things like that. I, I like that in a pitcher and you can work with that. Obviously you look at the body, hopefully he can grow into a body, but you know, nowadays you can, you, you know, if you can play, you know, you only have him for a four year stretch. So even if he's not the biggest kid, if he has talent, you know, or if he shows promise, you can get him um, from a hitting standpoint. You know, I just like the way this way, if it's flat, you know, if it's flat, if he moves his hands for me, um, if he has a load, you know, those things that I don't have to teach when they get here, it's kind of easier to teach them other things. So that's kind of what I look for when I, when I try and get guys, but I don't know, man. It's, uh, you know, we recruit by position. So yeah. it's tough, man. It's tough. It's Chris, tough. Chris has got it. Chris has got to take more chances on guys. Yeah. I think that's really yep. what he's saying is like, yep. he's yep. got to have a few more projects than Dan does. Dan's not taking projects. Correct. Dan's taking Correct. full, fully built systems ready to go. Yep. Um, like 
this is an example. I, I saw that somebody uh, had Tim Corbin on their podcast. I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but he was talking about going and watching this player. And um, obviously he's one, you know, he's one of the most historic baseball mm-hmm. coaches, at least of mm-hmm. our generation. Right. Um, and he said, he went and watched this base. He went and watched this guy and, and he got a Gatorade from his mom and he didn't put the cap back on and he just kind of like handed it back to her and he walked away and he came back and they, and he, and his, and his recruiter, his head recruiter said, man, did you go see this guy? And Tim was like, man, I'll tell you what, that dude is unbelievably talented. And the guy was like, all right, we're going to get him. He said, no, absolutely not. Like Chris can't do that. Right. Like no, but I the, the reality is, you know, there's still really, really good players and there's still really good players that want to go to Bellarmine. There's still really good players that want to be in this area. We're in the South. That helps. Um, you know, but I, I do think that the biggest difference, and I remember Jay talking about this, but the biggest difference being a, a mid-major is that you're you're getting more projects, you're taking more yep. chances, yep. because if that guy hits, he's as he's as big of a help to your team as the guy that's fully ready, right? Like, right. but in saying that, you've also got to fill your roster with safe pet with safe bets, because if that guy doesn't hit, I got to figure out where to go, and that's right. where the challenge is for Chris putting that puzzle together of. But I will say, like, seemingly, like the junior college and the, the transfer portal, that's right. where that can help a little bit. Hey, I had right. this guy for two years. I really thought he was going to pan out. Going into his junior season, it's, dude, it's just not there. It, it, nothing nothing mm-hmm. worked. Well, maybe I can get a filler, you know, and, and I can start another project. Yep. Yep. I, I'm curious about the portal, and, and I'm curious how – um, much of an impact that plays for you because obviously, you know, we just talked right before I hit the record button about LSU and, and LSU is going to grab one of the best pitchers in America in Skeens, and then they go grab the best, you know, freshman home run guy in, in Tommy White. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're grabbing guys that are possible first round picks and plugging them in for a year or two, and all of a sudden they're a first round pick wearing an LSU cap. For for you, are you looking at guys that might have been at a higher level that were underperforming? guys that were at a bit lower of a level that were great. I, I'm sure it's a little bit of a mix of both. Yeah. What are you looking for in terms of those guys as characters? Yeah. It's a very small percentage of what we do, like very small. <laughs> so, you, you know, uh, we have one and he's really good. Our, our lead off, he's hitting lead off Reed Blaschick. He's from Louisville. He went to PRP and then he ended up going to the only central and then, and then we got him now. Unbelievable player. Unbelievable. Almost a pro prospect, I think in, in my eyes, but um, but it's very few and he's a really high character kid. So like, it was, it's super easy. He met, he came in meshed. It was like, they didn't have to do anything. They loved him. But you know, we're not, it's tough, man. We, we don't, we don't, not only that, like, again, it's like school, your guys school wise, exactly. It's too hard. It's too hard. You can't just bring in anybody. They don't let, they don't let us bring in necessarily, necessarily. We have a two year transfer. If you've been at school for two years, they like the one year because you have them for three, you know, things like that. It's just hard for us. We, we can't do it. We can't do it. So we're not in that. Not only that, and I know we, we might touch on it a little bit is the money, you know, the NIL money or right. Um, you know, that's, we're not in that. We don't, we don't, and most schools probably are not in that. It just, we're for sure not in it, you know? And so, yeah, you're able to get Tommy White and I'm sure, you know, I don't want to speculate necessarily because I don't know exactly, but I'm sure maybe that that's part of it, you know? So, right. um, uh, it's just harder for us. It's harder for us, but I'll tell you what, man, like, and, and, and I, that's why I try to tell these guys, like I've been in professional baseball a long, you know, a long enough, and I've seen enough baseball where you, you can get a kid that nobody wants that ends up being really good, man. It's just, it's, I get it. It's just, I think in college baseball, we're so enamored with, trust me, Vanderbilt is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
but we're so enamored with the players that they get. They, they're very beatable, and and it's hard. That's the hardest part to try and get these guys to understand. But I see it. Like I walk into it, doesn't like I don't. I'm not as in aura of like most people are. You know, like I, I think well, they just got beat. Vanderbilt just got beat. Yeah, I know they did. I know they. I know they did. I know they did. Uh, you know? Tennessee got beat twice by Grand Canyon. Exactly. I mean, it's the thing, man. It's baseball, no. dude. Like the worst teams at the major league level still win Correct. like sixty games. Correct. 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 And we know that, right? It's hard to get a 19-year-old kid to understand that, right? Because they all they see is, no, we talk about is the SEC and ACC. And so they think that, yeah, those those players are like, yeah, they're in, they're in the big leagues tomorrow. They're not. And I, no. I was at Miami. There's there, Matt, Matt Higgins, who we had last year, was one of the best hitters in the country, can very easily hit third in that lineup and be the best hitter in Miami's lineup last year or the year that I was there. So, it, it, there are players out there that can do it. It's just trying to get them to understand it. You you play well anywhere, you're going to get found. I tell guys that all the time. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and you know, one thing that, that I've really tried to preach to, like, young pro ball guys, and Chris saw this, man, but, like, so many guys you hear so often, and I'm sure he hears it even more than I do in pro ball, but it's like, I'm getting screwed, man. I'm getting screwed, like, yada, yada, yada. You know what I tell every one of those guys? Show me a player that was hitting really well or pitching really well that got screwed. Exactly. Just find that guy. Show me the guy that was hitting 300 with homers. Show me the guy that was pitching to a sub three that was getting screwed. Yeah. No, man, like you may not be performing where you want to perform and you're not getting to play because of that. Figure it out. Yep. So building on that, actually, like it's probably easier for you to run a meritocracy of sorts where if you're yeah. playing really well in practice, you're going to find your way into the lineup where you've got like a Vandy and an LSU where a guy could go through an 0 for 20 yeah. stretch, but he's getting X amount of he dollars in play. NIL money. He's got to play. Gotta well, play. Dylan Cruz has to play, right? Yes. If Dylan Cruz goes 0 for 20. He's going to be in the lineup every gotta single night. Got to play, got to play. Right. And, and you're absolutely right. Like, and that's, again, that's the other part of it is trying to get, you know, we have, you know, our, our outfield core is there's a lot of guys. I think there's like seven, seven, eight guys who who can, who can all play. Literally they can all play. So, you know, again, it's a communication of, look, I want to play everybody. When I plug in a different lineup, I expect us to win the game. It's not, I'm not putting a B lineup like I did in New Mexico. My Sunday lineup was different, completely different than the first two games. And people were like, what? You know, I heard announcers, and I'm like, man, no, they, they can play too. I'm not putting in a damn B lineup. They they can very well play. So trying to get these guys to understand too, and you know how college in any in any sports, right? Anybody can get hurt at one point. Any something can happen. Well, you got to be ready. If you're if I put you in and it doesn't look like you're ready, yeah, I probably won't play you ever again. If you can show me something, damn, at least you don't have to get hits. But at least okay, I, he's ready, man. He's ready. Practice well. He's he's staying in there even though he's not playing every day. It's a lot easier for sure. One interesting aspect of the mid-majors, too, is that those midweek games are way more important for mid-majors yep. for, for multiple reasons, for yep. the players, for the coaches, for the organizations. Yep. Like, Bellarmine goes out and beats teams midweek. They're going to get those series eventually on, on the weekends. Exactly. And, like, Vandy can go get beat on a Wednesday. And you know what? It'll suck, and they'll have to run a ton, I'm yeah. sure. But, like, it's not a huge deal. They're not – somebody's going to look at that and go, oh, it was a midweek game. Whatever, yeah. But not Bellarmine. Bellarmine oh. can't lose that game. They've got to win that game if they want to get to the tournament. 100%. And they want to win that game if they want to play Vanderbilt on the weekend. If they want to play Louisville on the weekend, to do those things, you got to win those mid Meaning, like, those guys that are playing in those games have to trust that, dude, you're playing in this game because you are good enough to play in this game. Exactly. This game is just as important as my weekend game. Exactly. You're not a midweek starter. I remember, like, guys no. talking about that when I was I a Moorhead, dude. Like, I was a midweek starter. No. Like, we were dude, playing – 
we were playing major D1 yeah. teams in the midweek. Yeah. We weren't yep. we weren't sacrificing a weekend series for the to to lose that midweek game. Heck no. no. That was pre- that was getting us ready for the 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 weekend series. Like those are exactly. really important games for mid-majors. 100%. 100%. Man, a last one from me, Chris. Um you know, you are fully enveloped now in college ball and when college baseball is at its best, it is as enjoyable, if not more enjoyable mm-hmm. as any level of professional baseball, right? Because yeah. the enthusiasm is there and everybody looks in Omaha and says, wow, I got to have Omaha on my bucket list. I went when I was like 18 with my dad and it was it was the best time ever. And, you know, th- that energy radiates to your conference weekend series. It radiates to a, a big midweek game. The mm-hmm. energy in college baseball. Is that unlike anything that you experienced in pro ball? One yes, absolutely. You know, I'm, it, it, it's it's tough, right? Professional baseball, I think, until you know, like in the lower levels, you're still right out of college, so it's maybe a little more like college, a little more team like. At least when I started, and then as you go up, you know, you under you start to learn the business more of the game, and so um, yeah, it kind of loses a little bit, you know, the the winning aspect. You're not you're not necessarily going through minor league baseball to win, and I know, and you want to obviously, but it's to develop. Is to get better and to make it to the big leagues. That's that's your ultimate goal. So um, it's different. In college baseball, you, you want to win every game you play, you know, and you're only playing these teams, like you said, in the midweek. Sometimes you have a home and home, but really sometimes you're only playing them one time. So you got one shot to beat this team, one shot, you know, and in the, in the weekend series too, you got one shot until maybe next year, maybe ever. So, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a bit more special because there's more teams and there's more – uh, it's just different, different styles of different areas that you play in and different parts of the country. Like we went to New Mexico, it's different, it's different type of baseball, a little bit here and there. Right. So it's just really cool. Um, the aspect of college baseball, for sure. You love it. I think you see, too, like in, in pro ball, the the like the ultimate goal being winning the World Series, right, right is really far away. But you know that it's far away when you're in A ball. Like you yeah. get that. Right. In college. Yes, no doubt the goal is to go to Omaha. But for Bellerman, Bellerman's got to win the weekend series to win yeah. the conference, to um, win the su- regional, to win the super regional, to go yep. to the World Series. Yep. His biggest challenge is going to be on, hey, I know this goal is really far away. We got to set our sights here because if we don't get this one, we can't Correct. get that one. Where Correct. in pro ball, if I don't win the A-ball yeah, series, it's irrelevant. <laughs> if, if, if I'm the only guy on my A-ball team that does well, who cares? We can exactly. still win the World Series if I'm the New York right. Yankees. Right. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen for him. Right. Winning like, you know, all the cliches, dude, of like winning this pitch, winning this mm-hmm, game, winning mm-hmm. this week. All of that is real for them. Yeah, it's, it's super real. It definitely heightened. Yeah, exactly. T. Yeah, and that's a good way of putting it. You know, you just exactly like an A ball somewhere. You're just so far away from from a World Series that, you know, you're not you're not really that interested in it obviously your teammates help who they draft as far as character it does help it does help in pro ball it makes it a lot better it makes the season a lot better it's a long season but in college baseball you're trying to you're literally trying to win every pitch every game you're trying to get these guys set up to to have good at bats every game is not as it's not as many games you know they even though they think it's like a ton of games 56 games is not as yeah. you know but um absolutely right you're just trying to trying to win every pitch when you game and and trying to make them better and the more you win and the more you win the more pride there is behind your team and like in college you got to have that pride man you You know we talk about that college football atmosphere and how like these guys are proud even if they don't win that game like to do that you've got to win more than you lose because if you don't 
even your own team's going to go, well, I, I don't know, like whatever. Yeah, you start yeah. winning. You know, you right. do what you do what Chris does. You fly across the country and yeah. you beat a team yeah. every game one Definitely weekend. more inspired, inspired for sure. Yeah. For well, sure. and the timeline is crunched too, right? Like you, you can tangibly lay out something for your team. Like, hey, we win this, we win the conference tournament, we get yep. the NCAA tournament. All you got to do is yep. get through a regional weekend. So and so, you know, when when these guys in low A, even if you're a top prospect, if you see a 2026 ETA yeah. next to your name on MLB.com, like you're not impacting anything for your, for your big league team right now. So I, I'm sure these guys feel great about that like condensed timeline exactly exactly and then, yeah we, we we talk about that and you know you gotta gotta hit the ground running you know i mean it's, you know some schools got more time than others but you know ours is to you know when we, when we start league play here in a, in a few weeks is to be ready to play in league play you and you want to be the number one overall team in league play and that's one of our goals and then obviously to win a conference championship you know and then after that whatever but um, you know, that's exactly, that's the goal. You know, the goal is to be the best team in your league. Obviously in our region, we want to be like we're playing today, but we, we want to be the best team in the league. That That's, that's a good attainable goal. So, um, and whatever that means, you know, whatever, whatever that, that, that entails. So. Chris, our Bellarmine Knights haven't lost yet, right? <laughs> they have not, they have not, they have not yet. So, uh, we'll see, man. You know, I, it's funny, like it's, I, a, it's a fun time to be at Bellarmine too, because Jack, yeah. I don't know if you've kept up with Bellarmine basketball much. But oh, like, yeah. they're, they're doing good, cool they're stuff good. there too, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a fun time to be around that campus for anybody that doesn't know about Bellarmine, right? Uh, because you know, I do think they're relatively unknown. And yeah, the crazy part are. is that that basketball team at the D two level was as dominant as anybody in the yep. country. Well, yep. they get to the D one level, they win the A Sun tournament, and no, they can't play in the NCAA go, tournament. And go, you got, you got, a, you got a probation period there where you can't go. I know, man, I know, and they're good, man. And Scott Davenport does an unbelievable job, like unbelievable job. Loves baseball, so he's always tuning in and watching and things like that. But he just, a, he just a great job. But yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's you know, look, we all want to win, man. I, I get it, but. Again, like we started the show, you know, I, I got into baseball because I wanted to develop guys. Like I didn't know if I wanted to be a head coach. I didn't know if I wanted to take this job or even apply, at least apply for it. I didn't know. I, I, I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to, but it's been unbelievable. It's been, I'm so glad, uh, you know, they were able to hire me and I have it now because it is, it's been really, really awesome. It's been awesome so far. Love it. Chris Dominguez, thank you so much for taking the time, man, and, and best of luck throughout the rest of the spring. Awesome, boys. Awesome. Thank you so much. 